0: Welcome to Mass Inc. Insights, the first in a series of occasional conversations with our team of journalists and researchers. They're going to give you their take on policy issues up at the State House, but also out in our communities. Hi, I'm Lauren Grogan, the president of Mass Inc. and the publisher of Commonwealth. With me today to discuss transportation policy are Bruce Moll, editor of Commonwealth. Dr. Tracy Corley, Transit Oriented Development Fellow, and Steve Casella, the President and Founder of the Mass Inc. Polling Group. Let's start out with Bruce. The magazine finds itself in a sweet spot with Beacon Hill lawmakers and the public grappling with the very issues we tend to focus on in our coverage every day. After months and months of buildup, the transportation funding debate is about to take place, with the legislature and governor appearing to be on a collision course. What do you think are the two or three things? that we should be watching for in the transportation debate?
1: Well, it seems like uh, there definitely is going to be a debate, and I think the legislature is going to pass a a new revenue bill for transportation. Uh, The question is, how big is the appetite in the legislature? And once it gets down to the nitty gritty it often gets a little tough to say how people will vote, but I think the appetite is for a fairly large bill. And so the interesting thing to watch is the governor Who's said all along that the T has enough money. He's always careful to add for the next five years. He has a five-year capital plan that he says is fully funded and T is going to have a challenge doing that. And he's right. He's right about that. But there's been, um, there's been a sort of cracks in that framework lately. The operating budget is starting to ex- expand a bit, and, and it's not being constrained the way they hoped it would be. And so you've got a pressure on the operating side. And on the capital side, there's a number of projects that seem to be picking up support that the governor hasn't accounted for in his five-year capital plan. And so there's pressure there to add more to it. And then longer range, the the legislature and increasingly the business community are not willing to sort of say, we're going to wait for the end of five years and then make a new plan. They want to start laying that framework now. And I think the interesting thing is going to be um, how they how they frame that because the governor and his his staff at transportation are starting to look at some very big projects on commuter rail and connecting the blue and red line and a number of projects and they're sort of putting those off into the future uh, and hoping that putting off that funding decision till later, the legislature seems more inclined to try and answer it now. And that's where the collision course will come, whether the governor is going to adapt to that, or he's going to, uh, he's going to fight it. And and that could be the interesting thing to watch. So
0: put off funding decisions or move forward quickly. And now, Uh, Steve, you've done a lot of polling on transportation issues. And Tracy, you're out there in our communities every day. What are you two hearing? What do you know?
2: In some ways, what Beacon Hill is reacting to is that voters are very anxious about transportation at this point. Uh, you see that anxiety in terms of their personal interaction with transportation, just the the very frequent delays in traffic, very frequent delays in on the T, the perception, the pretty widespread perception that the T hasn't really gotten better from the perspective of the person actually sitting on that train. All of these things sort of contribute to the, the idea that the transportation system as a whole is in crisis. Then in terms of, you know, when something should be done about it. I think that's another reason why you see elected officials starting to get anxious and starting, there's just a real anxiety to see something being done about it. What exactly that is, I think that's not at all clear from what voters are saying. I mean, voters always and on every issue would prefer that somebody else pay for the thing they want rather than they themselves pay. And that, I think, underlines one of the central conflicts or central tensions within transportation. The things that tend to get high support are things like, you know, putting a surcharge on incomes over a million dollars, value capture, you know, charging for charging developers who build around the T, uh, these sorts of things. Whereas when you're talking about raising fares, when you're talking about the gas tax, um, for these things supports at least somewhat lower, not as low as I think sometimes people
3: think, um, but it, it is at least somewhat lower than, you know, having businesses and rich people pay. And I agree. It seems that there are a lot of folks who are out there who are really anxious about kind of this transportation crisis and what it really means, uh, both for what they're able to do today as well as in the future. And I think that uh, one of the key things that we need to keep in mind is that a lot of the economic prosperity that has hit Metro Boston hasn't hit a lot of communities outside of Boston. And even for those folks in Boston who aren't benefiting from a lot of the economic prosperity, transportation is a huge, huge barrier for them to be able to get access to not only jobs, but also education, and get to health care appointments, get to services Services. And so people are really looking at the ways in which transportation in this crisis is affecting their everyday lives. And as we're looking out in the gateway cities, of course, you know, voters are weighing in through our polls about kind of what's going on. But I think, like, for example, there are key demographics who are getting left out of this conversation, like youth. There are a lot of youth who are just very angry about the fact that, number one, they can't vote, but also that they don't have a say in kind of what and how the transportation uh, system gets put in place for the future. And so I think that people, uh, both voters and non-voters who are are out there are really looking at you know what do we need to be doing now to lay the groundwork for long term not just the next 5 years what the next 5 year budget is going to look like but what our transportation system is going to look like 25 years from now what are those near midterm and long-term goals that we need to be thinking about to make sure that we have a really robust transportation system. And it's really going to be up to the legislature to kind of start laying that foundation, not for something that is going to be the end-all be-all, but something that starts an ongoing process over the next couple of decades for making sure that the transportation system can keep up with the needs that we have across the state and actually helps to spur ongoing development, economic development, and community development across our our commonwealth. These are some of the things, too, that we see high
2: levels of voter support for. Some of these things have very high price tags. Bruce kind of alluded to them at the beginning, that there's this sort of upwelling of ideas that have pretty high price tags and would be very almost revolutionary, but at least represent major changes to the way transportation's run. Mm -hmm. When we poll them, things like, you know, East-West Rail, rail between Boston and Springfield, South Coast Rail, you know, rail that sort of down the South Coast just like it sounds. The North-South Rail Link, you know, regional rail, the idea of using the commuter rail for more things than it's used right now. A lot of these things have really high levels of support. So which ones are chosen? You know, which ones the legislature wants? Which ones the governor wants? The voters, I think, uh, have an appetite for a lot of things. Um, So how the legislature sort of manages that tension, how the governor balances that against his sort of natural instinct for more of a fiscally conservative approach, um, that's another thing that I think will sort of define where our transportation network goes.
1: And the pure politics of it argues for some sort of distribution around the state, because the perception is always that this is all about the T and Boston. And you just can't get it all passed with the support of the T geographical area. Mm -hmm. And so people on the Cape have different concerns. They might have concerns about the bridges going over to the Cape. People in Springfield might be concerned about a rail link to their community. In Worcester and in Metro West, they want some sort of um, tolling equity. They're tired of paying, the only ones paying tolls. They'd like to see everybody pay tolls. So there's There's a lot of room for horse trading for politicians to say, we'll give you that, we get this. But it all adds up, as Steve says, to a lot of money in the end.
3: Yeah. And when it comes to that, you know, we're also seeing across the state a lot of support for actually helping our our regional transit authorities, as well as our our TMAs, kind of help them provide some of those what we call first-last-mile connections to the commuter rail service, but also to kind of help make sure that people have options in communities outside of Metro Boston for getting around without cars. We know that with both youth as well as aging populations, a lot of people, and also our disabled community, they really need to be able to get around, but a lot of folks are stranded in their communities because there are no public transit options. But one of the big things that I keep hearing about as well is around ca- accountability. Mm-hmm. And I know that with all the transportation proposals, uh, funding proposals that are coming out, people are putting in some uh, measures for uh, improving accountability, because I think that there would be greater support for raising the kind of funds that we need if there was more assurance that, number one, it, the is going to be transparent and people are, can be assured that the money is going to go where they think it's going to go.
2: Absolutely. And that's something we see show up very clearly in polls and focus groups. Um, accountability, um, knowing, like you said, Tracy, knowing where the money is going to go. Um, Bruce, you also touched on one, which, which I think is key for people who want more transit to remember, which is that most people drive. And when you put in a measure for roads or put it, sort of describe it as something which is going to go for roads and transit, that also helps. Mm-hmm. I'd say that even drivers understand the benefits of transit and understand particularly in denser areas that transit helps keep people out of their way in some sense and like makes the roads better. But both of those things are key to sort of boosting support for these very broad packages.
0: And that's a great place to leave it. Steve, Tracy and Bruce, thanks so much. And thank you for listening. Please join us again next week when our conversation turns to the education funding debate. And we'll also preview a new Mass. Inc. report that examines the health of our state's democratic processes and institutions.